You're listening to Coca Radio Converse Internet Radio for the students by the students. This is Hearts and Parts, the love child of Coco Radio and Converse College Ally Club, where we discuss LGBT history, music, and current events and answer your burning questions. I'm your host, Vic Sloan. Before our first episode, I'd like to quickly introduce myself. I'm a senior psychology major minoring in women's studies here at Converse. I'm pansexual and agender, and I've been a member of our Ally Club for four years. I used to run an on-campus organization promoting safer sex, and next year I'll likely be going to graduate school for sex therapy and education. So, I felt my expertise could be of use here on Coco Radio when the idea for our collaboration came up. I'm excited to share what I know. In today's episode, we'll be discussing coming out and the retribution faced by the community around the world today. First, we'll discuss moments in the movement, historical events, figures, and contexts of the LGBT movement and culture. Most of us think of coming out as a way of being true to oneself, no longer hiding one's identity in the secret loneliness of the closet. However, coming out in the late 19th and early 20th century meant exactly what it meant for young women of the time, a formal presentation of eligibility and joining society. Coming out as gay or transgender was like being a debutante and can be just as much of a spectacle. Today, we're going to talk about turn-of-the-century drag ball culture. The first drag ball started in 1869 in the Hamilton Lodge in Harlem, a safe place for much of the LGBT population at the time They became increasingly popular, enough to grab the attention of local officials. The committee of 14 responsible for the regulation of so-called commercial vices in New York patrolled the balls and recorded what they saw. The report on the committee, released in 1916, described phenomenal male perverts wearing expensive dresses and wigs and urged people to stop supporting these parties. But of course, people didn't. By the 1920s, these parties became more public and attracted straight and cisgender nightlife enthusiasts, artists, and writers alongside the LGBT partygoers. These parties provided the foundation for future LGBT culture and nightlife. But this begs the question, where did the closet part of coming out come from? Most believe this one started back in the 1960s, referring to one's identity as a skeleton in the closet, in the back of one's mind to unknowing individuals throughout daily life. The common phrase today was a combination of the two metaphors, confidently joining a society and having that identity as a secret every day. Coming out following the start of the Pride movement in the 1960s and 70s became a tool of resistance as a means of calling for change to legislature and social statements. Here on Hearts and Parts, we aim to feature an LGBTQIA musician who has influenced their field and community every episode. This week's featured musician is Haley Kiyoko, one of my personal favorite artists and a talented actress and musician. Well known for her roles as Velma in the 2009 made-for-TV Scooby-Doo, multiple Disney Channel productions, and the ABC family show The Fosters, she pursued a musical career in 2012. After releasing her first EP, she immediately signed on with a new producer to make a very different breakout pop album. Her first single, Girls Like Girls, resonated with listeners by depicting a different, inclusive love story. Haley took her distress over heteronormative media and her inability to relate to it into her own hands and created content for her community. Haley Kiyoko includes queer and trans women in her music videos, 
in hopes to help create a culture where queer women can feel more comfortable being out and proud than she did. So now, here's Haley's newest single, Sleepover. discuss current events out in the world here on Hearts and Parts. Today we'll be discussing 
the issue of, quote, gay propaganda in Russia and the Chechen purge. Russia is often criticized for having one of the most anti-gay sentiments of the first world. The country scored an F on the global barometer of gay rights in 2017, alongside Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. It does not allow same-sex marriage or the adoption of children by same-sex couples. And since 2013, with the amendment of the law for the purpose of protecting children from information, advocating for a denial of traditional family values, known more simply as the gay propaganda law in the West, any depiction of homonormativity has been banned in the country, despite being deemed discriminatory by European Human Rights Court. Essentially, the law prohibits presentation of homosexuality as a normal or natural orientation and lifestyle and lays hefty fines on individuals, groups, and content creators for anything that could be considered under this law. These attitudes carry a heavy weight on the country's population, and they're reflected in the persecution of gay and bisexual men in Chechnya, just north of Georgia, in early 2017. Between February and April of this year, an organized operation by Chechen law enforcement authorized by top officials Gay and bisexual men were rounded up from their homes, in prison, and tortured to have them reveal other gay individuals they knew. While most of the hundred people involved in this persecution were returned to their families, some were not so lucky. Between three and twenty of those individuals were killed in the purge, and many more have been detained for ransom. Those who did survive still have the risk of being killed by their families after being outed by those officials, who may commit honor killings still very common in the area. Some wonder how such a thing could happen in this day and age, and in a first world country, but other members of the community are not so surprised. The socially conservative attitudes of Russia are pervasive, with 85 to 95% of the population in opposition to legal gay marriage, and most in support of the gay propaganda law currently in place. LGBT individuals have no legal protection against hate crimes. The Chechen purge has been justified by claiming that LGBT people don't exist in Russia, and you can't arrest or repress people who just don't exist. Sure, these attitudes are the opinions of the population, of the people, but they have a very real negative and dangerous effect on the lives of LGBT individuals in Russia and reflect a reality present right here in the USA. These ideas don't just sit in the minds of those who hold them. Their projection onto interpersonal relationships, social climates, and policy allow for the abuse and persecution of the LGBT population. So listeners, be out, be proud, and call for the change you want to see. If you can be out and safe, make the world safer for those still in the closet. That's all for this week, y'all. Join us next time to talk about transgender rights and discrimination. Got a question for me? Click the link in the description for a chance to hear your answer on air. Until next time, I'm Vic Sloan. Be kind, Converse. Thanks for listening to Coco Radio. If you like what you hear, follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And check out our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat for daily updates.